and welcome back to the Artist Type Podcast. I'm Jamie Gallagher. I'm Tracy Gallagher. Today we have the joy of having one of our good friends with us. He's a singer, a songwriter, a guitar player, uh, a good person, yeah. and uh, Brendan Johnson is here. Oh, thanks guys. Thanks for having me in. Yeah, thanks for Thank you here. for, yeah, thanks for coming. So just to give kind of everybody an overview, tell us, how would you describe yourself as an artist? How would I describe myself as an artist? Yeah, how much do we screw up that introduction? Um, <laughs> what no. did we get right? I, th- I thought the introduction was just wonderful. Oh, You just cool. don't think you're like that good of a person? You're like, uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to complain about anything. Well, th- that was probably the best characteristic of what you named, so. Awesome. In this world we live in. Um, cool. How would I describe myself as an artist? Um... Never satisfied. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll definitely dive into that because that's like the nitty gritty. Um, a lover of music, um, forever songwriter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of those things that I feel really lucky to have been gifted gifted with that I don't take for granted, and you know, hope hoping one day I'll actually be able to do it for you know true living. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. What would would you say it's part time, full time, part time? Do you have two full time jobs? How would you? Yeah, you I know? would say that I have a lot of full time jobs. Yeah, that, that's I, the way I best yeah. way to describe it. You're a man of many hats. Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah. I wouldn't think music. It's not part time for you, but you have a no. lot of other things you do. Yeah, I think you know. Also, going back to the world we live in, you know, I think that for anyone to be successful right now, for whatever reason, it's like wearing multiple hats is really especially for people of our age bracket, mm-hmm. uh, millennials or whatever, being able to, you know, do more than one thing allows you to be, uh, uh, you know, derive income from many different avenues. And I think also, too, you know, you get something out of each one as well. Right. So I kind of balance music uh, with... Uh, real estate, mm-hmm. which I did straight out of college, and um, we pets it. We we yeah. watch dogs at our house. So you won't be bothered cash. by this monster that's over here. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so did you go to school for music or for real estate or how? You, you said you started real estate right after graduation. So it? it's a funny story. Um, out of high school, I really wanted to go to school for music because I really got into songwriting and playing with with people and other musicians in high school. So I really wanted to pursue that more uh, fully in college, but I never took a music theory class. I never really took any music classes, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of just learning by ear. So when I got to college or, or the, the interview, it was like, okay, you need to know how to, you need yeah. to know how to read music. <laughs> yeah. You need to know how to, at least an intro mm-hmm. course of music theory. And I really didn't have one. Mm-hmm. But um, I was accepted for an interview to University of the Arts, which is, I really wanted to be in Philly. Mm-hmm. So I went to the interview and, you know, they were like, okay, please play this ballad, you know. <laughs> well, were you going to school F for... Minor, short, F minor, flat. For what, what uh, were you going to school for guitar? Or what were you going, what was the... Yeah, I really wanted to go to school for, I think the major I wanted to start in was music theory. 
Got know, it. it was okay. Just, it was something general. I actually don't remember what it was specifically, but it was something really general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know specifically what I wanted to major in. Sure. But I really wanted to go to a music school. And I was thinking more broadly, you know, do something in like um, musical psychology or like music therapy or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I got to the interview and they were like, you know, please play this ballad. And I, I didn't know how to read it at all. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have either. Um, I, I, I like, still well, wouldn't. I know that's an E, but I, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I don't know how to read music. I'm really excited to, you know, learn start that. to learn. And, yeah. But I have written this number and played him a song. And and they were like, hmm. And then, I, and then they, they went to the piano and they said, okay, find this note on the guitar. You know, and played Ugh. a C and I found a C. I, th- I thought I did pretty good on it, but... They were like, "Well, we appreciate you coming you in, coming in. You know, you're uh, you don't meet all the requirements, but it seems like you have um, a lot of natural talents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they didn't necessarily deter my uh, motivations towards learning professionally or learning. Um, well, that's good on that level because that would have been the worst. <laughs> but they- yeah, long story short, um, I was not accepted there. And yeah, I I got." lucky because i was going for voice and it's very different you you can kind of uh weasel your way through with like they don't ask you the same things for voice as they do for Mm. any sort of instrumental things it's not like hey i mean by the time i graduated i had to be able to sing you know like all these different scales but it wasn't I didn't have to do that at the audition. They were just like, hey, yeah. can you uh, scat sing? Scat sing? And I was like, than, you knew <laughs> no. more than you're letting on. Right. But I didn't know like what solfege was, though. Like, And that was apparently a thing that a lot of people, you know, like I do it from Sound of Music. I, don't, I still don't know what that do is. Do a deer. Do oh. re mi fa sola ti do. Yeah, but what I didn't. What is that called? Solfeggio. Interesting. Yeah. But they, there were people that at my audition that were like, they would be like, hey, sing, sing this, you know, when you're sight reading a song. They would sing this in solfege, and they'd figure out the key. So do, you know, if you're in C, C is do, and then there's all these different ones. So like the raised fourth would be fi instead of fa. And these people are just, they're like, oh yeah. And they'd scan over it and just sing it perfectly in solfege. I'm like, I can sing do a deer for you. I can really nail that. But I mean that, like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, because right. we didn't have that music education it's, in, we no. didn't have theory in high school. I was lucky I didn't take any musical classes or courses or anything in high school. Really? I thought you took chorus. No. That's why I didn't get oh, lead in, in any of the plays. Middle school you did chorus. Yes. Mm. In and I was lucky because the chorus teacher when I was in middle school, which at the time was just seventh and eighth grade, I think now it's six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um we had a really good a uh, really good chorus teacher. Mm. Mr. Um, Ricotta, right? Mr. Ricotta. I didn't yeah. have him. Who now has worked his way up and like is a vice principal or principal of one of the schools. Like nice he guy. is like mm. administrative now. And he did private voice lessons too. Our older sister Kate took some lessons with him. Mm. And mm-hmm. he kind of really trusted the middle school kids with music. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of teachers with kids of that age can go either way you either treat them like an adult or you still think they're yeah. really young. Middle school's weird. And it's a weird he age. took it all very seriously. And I we did a lot of music theory in my eighth grade chorus dance. Uh-huh. I was also, I think, a technically advanced chorus. I think there was a level, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, hmm. And I didn't understand all of it. But I it was hard. It, I think, honestly, that was part of what 
stopped me from continuing was that I really liked singing, Mm -hmm. but being in a class and learning music theory and realizing that my brain wasn't totally wired to understand all of it. Yeah. It's a different thing. I think I need to find my way into art in a different direction. This wasn't, or at least least at that age. Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, that was part of it for me was that I was somewhat arrogant to the process. Yeah. Aren't we all? (laughs) And, you know, saw, Saw in order to be accepted at University of the Arts for guitar. I protested that school you know, that every you needed, semester. You needed the certain <laughs> things, and I was just like, "Well, you know, <laughs> don't I, tell I me write what my I own need. music." <laughs> yeah. So you know, so I was. Kinda... Yeah, that bit me in the ass there a lot too, because I mean, I went to school for jazz music. I'm a pop singer, and I would be like, "Hey, at this freshman recital, I would like to sing musical theater or pop." And they were like, "You do realize you're getting a jazz vocal degree?" I was like, "Yep." <laughs> And it so was, I would uh, like to sing. <laughs> yeah. So I would like to sing pop or musical theater. <laughs> no, I I just never grown. I from kindergarten through college, I just was never a school person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You probably did well. I mean, with music, with the mathematical side, like rhythm and stuff, because you're a good math person. Honestly, like, you know fractions. I just remember being confused. Mm. And at this point, it was. 17 years ago so it's a cloudy memory so we're gonna do a lesson with her later on (laughs) i just think that's common theme among artists uh that you know some subjects they do well in like Mm -hmm. i think it's fairly common for musicians to do well in math is that true yeah because music music composition is very formulaic and math is and you know there's a beginning point and end point and I don't know. I, I always did pretty well in math, but everything else you could have, you know, paid me a million bucks. I wouldn't be able to pass the test. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was math was my strongest math and then probably Spanish, which I'm not fluent in anymore. Yeah. No, I was never fluent, but was pretty good at it. Those were the days. I <laughs> was I was good at math. I still you, am. And I she was good at every subject. She's going to just sit here. Oh, I think I was OK at math. I was really good in biology and chemistry and. Blah, 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 everything. No, I was going to say that I was good in math and I liked it. Were you so, valedictorian? Valedictorian? Valedictorian. No, I was not. I salutatorian. Was not, I was not even close. Middle school. Weren't you second one or something? First in middle second? school, yes. I was the salutatorian for my <laughs> cycle. Like, it, there was like a salute. Like, it was like, yeah, out it was like, like hundreds of kids. kids. 90 mm. in a cycle. That's still pretty cool. I was probably like two from the bottom. She was two from the top. <laughs> no. no. I was I was good at math and it took me a while before I realized that I was also good at English. That was the thing is that mm. I knew I was good at math because I knew not everyone was. So the fact that I was good at it and it came easy to me, I thought that was exceptional. Mm. And I had ignored the fact that also same is true with writing. And then at some point, I think I had taken the just the written word for granted to such a degree that I didn't realize it was so easy the whole time. I feel like you just mind mm-hmm. fucked me trying to get to that point. Sorry. I'm like, just dumb it down a little. You were Trey. proud. You were <laughs> proud of your your mathematical mind. I was, and I think because of that, I ignored the fact that actually writing was more important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came so easily that I just didn't think about. And then it. fast forward yeah. four years, and you you got into screenwriting. That yeah, was your... I caught on at some point. I realized. Yeah, that that was. It, yeah, it combined a few of my loves. On that note, when did you first start? Do you remember when you first started writing music? Um, yeah, it was eighth grade. Oh wow! Okay. 
That's pretty young, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, they weren't any good, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it started over a girl Mm. and kind of, you know, the first probably 100 songs for a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I remember. And now they are too. Yeah, right. (laughs) She's right here next to me. Yeah. Amanda. So eighth grade. My lovely fiance, I love you. I think that when I was younger, I was an athlete. And, you know, my parents encouraged us to be athletic and, you know, I really enjoyed it. And then eighth grade year, all my friends started shooting up, you know, hitting their growth spurts when mm. I was still a little, little tyke, you know. Interesting. I can't picture you as a little tyke. Yeah. Because you got height guy. to you, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, How tall are you? I'm six foot, 5'11". Yeah, that, to me, it's, t- it's tall. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's like. Yeah basketball tall but it's no average. but it's on like the I'm taller average. side of average isn't yeah. it but they all started shooting up at a really young age yeah and i you know in order to compete with basketball or football you have to be yeah you, you know you gotta at least show some physicality and mm-hmm. i was you know i took a, a header we were up i remember my eighth grade year playing football we were we were a really good good squad oh nice. i played mostly defense but i used to play running back when i was little mm-hmm. and we were up like I don't know, 28 points, something like that, football. And my coach was like, Brendan, you want to run the ball like you used to? And I was like, hell yeah, throw me in there. So he had me in on a 121 waggle, which is basically, I remember this play, it's basically like a sweep around the left side of the offense. Okay. Along the left sideline of the field. And I I saw daylight, so I started going. And I probably got about 15 yards up before the safety came across the field full speed and just we went helmet to helmet. Ooh. And my, I just saw stars. Yeah. You know, and, and that was actually the last football game I ever played. It Did you get like, like injured? Oh, yeah. I had a concussion. I was yeah. going to say, I mean, you, uh, that sounds pretty gnarly. I don't remember <laughs> anything after that. Yeah, I got, I got hit except for eventually I came to sitting on the bench next to my dad who was like, Ooh. who obviously came from the stands. to Right. Yeah. And you're like, how'd you get here? Why am I sitting here? What's going on? <laughs> you know, it must uh. have been a concerning whack because I was a little kid, you know, I was yeah. a little guy. So... Needless to say, I started playing. I started playing guitar pretty much. You know, I don't know. You know, if it was a realization, you know, that I I was like, well, I'm not playing sports anymore. You know, I I just think it was kind of a natural progression. Yeah, you know, and I I pay tribute to my dad and uh, mom who always had instruments around the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say it's in the family, right? Because didn't your your cousin and uncle play too, right? Yeah, so it was my some. My dad and my uncle were best friends growing up. Uh-huh. And it wasn't is until... Is it the brother kind of uncle yeah. or the best friend kind of uncle? Uh, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Is like, it your dad's brother or did he like, like marry a relative? Like if I have kids, Jamie right. will be so their aunt and she Right, is so my now he's a brother-in-law. Or so is it like my best friend who I'm calling my aunt? No, it's it, it's essentially... Um, he's my uncle because my dad married his sister. Got it. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Of course, so, I came up with the other two options. Yeah. Right. No, anyway. that makes sense. I mean, they're in a rarity. Yeah. Um, you know That's that cool. my that my my dad and my uncle, you know, hung out growing up, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until college that my dad had a romantic interest in his in his sister, his gotcha. older sister at that. Oh. Yeah. Well, shit. And a Villanova girl while he was a St. Joseph's. Nova. Hawk, so. Oh. Yeah, oh, that the rivalry that existed. Yeah, that's like God forbid I ever end up with a Penn State fan, my whole family will lose their <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Rutgers. Well, the rivalry must have gotten to him at some point because my parents did split when I was in high school, ah, which also so leads football. you to you know more songwriting. Uh, oh yeah, I would imagine uh, prowess or, or more inspiration or you know just more. Not even that you're writing about that, but that it, it kind of opens you up to that like you know realization that it everybody's your human pers- perspective. I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. You know, you grow up quick. Yeah. I have a question. Mm. You have a lot of siblings. Are you the only one who pursued music or art? I don't know enough about them to mm. know the answer. Did some of them continue to be athletic? or? Um, I would say that um, Brian, my brother Brian and I were the only two to pursue it. Brian uh, took up theater in high school okay. and um, starred in a few of the plays as a junior and senior. Nice. And it was really good actor mm-hmm. is a really good actor i wish that he would pursue it further and he's talked about doing it yeah you know for, as a side passion um yeah. but um no otherwise um danny you know he he grew pretty early he's six four mm-hmm. so he pers- he kept in in uh, athletics my brother mark um He's the oldest of the family, so he kind of just like said, "Screw everything," you know. He didn't pursue art, didn't pursue sports. Right. He just yeah. he just wanted to be the rebel. <laughs> yeah. And my brother Ian, the youngest of six, um, he, um, although you know physicality wasn't on his side, you know he had the same genes I had. He stuck with it, and he with and he lifted sports. every day. You know he he stuck with his buddies, and he. He was a, he was a wrecker on the football field. I mean, he, oh, was, yeah? he was literally like, you know, Darren Sproles, but on defense, you know, kind of deal where... I wish I knew that reference. Darren Sproles on the Eagles? Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Anyways, guys. like a, <laughs> a, a physical a physical short a football player. Got it, got it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, so I would so say there's just now Brian and I, really. Yeah. Two athletes, two artists, and the Rebel. The Rebel. The Rebel. But we all came away with some musicianship, honestly. We all we all play. We all dabble. Right. I would say. That's awesome. Yeah. How do you like on the on the songwriting note, do you ever have moments where you're about to play a new song and then you're like, oh, I really wish I didn't start doing this? Or do you have like moments of panic when you're like, No, I thought this was good, and now I'm afraid it's not that good. Does that happen to you? When you're or performing? Do you? What's the yeah, question there? Yeah. Okay. When you're performing. Um yeah, I think uncertainty, you know, comes in and out of your mind when you're performing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, especially when it's new songs. Yeah. But um, you know, the more you practice before you go out, like I feel like I only feel uncertain about playing a certain song live when you know you haven't had enough rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you and I play together, mm. you know, I think there's there's because we don't rehearse before we play. <laughs> we <you> know, don't. <laughs> There's a hair of uncertainty between, you know, new stuff that we do. And some old. I'm like, hey, uh, how do we... How, I think uh, most wait, of the old... Wait, how do I play this? And then you're off and I'm like, all right, here we go. Most of the old stuff we do together, I feel, yeah, like, no, we're, I feel like it's jumping on a bike. You do a good job yeah. at faking it, though. Ooh, yeah. Like the uncertainty doesn't really show to those of us who are there well, watching. You can't. for the most part, no. No, you know, the bars are playing. People aren't really listening that closely, which right. is like... There's, I'm saying, oh, I'm, thanks. I'm in the audience. Cool. And I can't usually tell. <laughs> I appreciate it. I wouldn't say I've never been able to tell, but I can't usually. Yeah. That's fair. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so are you the sole writer for your band, Stella Ruse? Or are, 
is it a collaborative writing um, um so yeah, yeah the uh, it's a great question Stella Ruse um, is a seven piece band now and I'm the sole songwriter mm-hmm. but I'm like the least talented musician in the band so when I bring an idea or a concept um, you know usually it's it's front to back that it's written you know the parts and mm-hmm. everything but the guys and Katie uh, will interject their ideas and it you know I think that's when the song really flourishes yeah. right um, and I think once you know musicians for a certain amount of time you also get more comfortable with critiquing you know it's mm-hmm. less like you know, sometimes you can take a personal if somebody asks you to change something. Or, sure, yeah. You know, and I think that we have, a, you know, a real honest kind of uh, way about it right now. Yeah, that's important because I think that, you know. Definitely. It is a real, like, writing and performing and all that is a very personal thing. So when you have people, you need, you need people that you feel like you can take constructive criticism from. Yeah. Which Definitely. Is, that's awesome. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to presenting new songs to them, do you typically write, like, when you're writing a song, do you typically have Stella Ruse in mind? Do you write other projects for yourself, or what's the... That's another really good question, actually. Um, I think right now, when I write a brand new song, it's with it's with uh, Stella Ruse in mind, mm-hmm. and the arrangement of Stella Ruse, so, like different melodies that come together. Um, I'll be thinking of the horn and the sax playing it together or, um, you know, more of a percussive thing. Mm-hmm. And when I was playing mostly solo, you know, the songs I was writing then were, you know, just kind of, I wasn't thinking necessarily of arrangement at the time. Right, right. Um, it was more or less just, you know, more broader concepts like, oh, I could play this, you know, with an electric guitar, or with an acoustic guitar, and maybe we could do drums later, you know, it wasn't so specific. I think once you get to know musicians in that realm as well, mm-hmm. you kind of start to think about, about them as well. Not unlike yeah. when you and I play together, you know, and I'm thinking about bringing a new cover song to oh, our yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, You know, I'll think of things that you're really good at. Yeah. And, you know, bring that specific song versus another song that, you know, maybe Might it's, not be as... Right. Uh. Doesn't have a female voice, for instance, you know, wouldn't fit as well. When you write for Stella Ruse and you're, you write with everyone in mind, how do you then explain that to the band? Like pitch when, it. Yeah, how do yeah. you pitch it? Do you play it with a guitar mm-hmm. and sing and say, this is where I imagine the horns would come in, this part yeah. would be Katie, or do you play it and say... Have at it. <laughs> yeah. I think I've gotten better at it. You know, I think that when I first used to present a new song to them, it was, you know, just playing it to them in a, in a, in a, in a rehearsal or a practice right. and saying, what do you think? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but nowadays it's a little bit more efficient. I'll have the, at least my, um, you know, my way of songwriting usually consists of, um, you know, chords and lyrics to to go with it Mm -hmm. so i'll be able to print them at least something out that they can follow along so that when i play it to them live they're not totally lost that's cool um you know in that way if they have questions and stuff they can that make that's a good move yeah yeah Yeah, like guidelines almost Mm -hmm. you know like a map to yeah that's that's fascinating but i would say it's it's as an artist it's difficult when you are working with more people because 
um, you know, you have you only have so much time that you get together with them. So like you have right. like, and hopefully you're creative all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. like you almost have like a backlog of songs that you want to show them. Right. Right. That you can't because you haven't showed them these songs that right. you haven't showed them that you yet. still right. haven't got to yet. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing, and it helps you to kind of narrow down. Well, that song that I really wanted to show them a week ago isn't that important to me. A week later. Right. So it kind of helps you to Yeah, file it's that weird line. it's also that weird thing. I mean, just like there are songs that I listen to, there are songs that I write that I love and that I'll still play and I still love. And then there are some that I love for a time, like really love. Mm-hmm. And then I'll write a few new songs and suddenly that one that I thought I loved, I'm like, man, not yeah. so much. Just like one night, you know, I overplay songs that I hear on the radio. And then sometimes I'll come back to them and think, Yeah, I still really like that. Other mm-hmm. times I come back and think it's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing. I think that's totally normal. I think the worst thing that could happen is if you get so backlogged that you that you start to not write as much because you feel like you have too much material mm. and you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So always you know. keep creating, essentially. Yeah. And I think, too, the way that I'm explaining it, it sounds like, you know, I'm writing a song like once a week and, you mm-hmm. know, that's not the case either. That'd you be know. great, though. <laughs> well, in some cases, maybe it is. If you're if you're Tom Petty, for instance, you <laughs> know, right. I, th- yeah. I think there's a difference between quality and quantity. Um, sure. So. Yeah. And every now and then you get those freaks of nature who. Yeah. Only produce quality in <laughs> right. in high numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But they're the exception to the rule. True. Thank you. I always, um, I find personally, and I, I know that her and I have talked, when it comes to creativity and writing or, you know, we've talked to photographers and painters and stuff, that sometimes when you feel like you're not, you don't have inspiration, you just kind of stop doing it. And then I always feel like it's really hard to get back into it almost. Like if I'm mm-hmm. writing a bunch of songs that I don't love, I'm kind of creating this openness for the one that I will love to come through. But if you're writing a bunch of songs you don't love, then sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to keep writing. Right. So do you ever have moments of like dry spells? And, and what do you, what's your oh, yeah. cure for that? Is there a oh, cure yeah, for abs- that? Oh, yeah. I, th- oh, I think every artist does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when I'm in a dry songwriting period, I, I just won't pick up the guitar. Yeah. I'll play at shows, and then when I get home, I just won't pick up a guitar mm-hmm. as much. You know, I won't, I won't noodle on a guitar as much. That's kind of when writing occurs for me. When I pick up a guitar and I start noodling, you know, sure. something interesting will kind of come up, and I'll, I'll like it, and I'll mm-hmm. want to, you know, start something using that that one riff or or that one chord progression or something. Yeah. And then usually off of that, a melody comes. Not unlike when Ashton was here explaining to you his song process, mm-hmm. songwriting process. Um, shout out Ashton from Harrisburg. <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, you're from... I'm from Mechanicsburg, yeah. Got it, okay. I didn't know he was from... Like, I didn't right know he was from, from Harrisburg from either until yeah. we were yeah. uh, chatting last time. Um, but yeah, I think um, when you're in a songwriting drought, I kind of just won't pick it up for a while. And then when I do, you know, I feel like it's more prized it's like stored energy waiting to yeah that's that's wild to me and i i get it because when i'm feeling you know not creative i i avoid it too and then there's a point where i'm like come on pick it up 
<laughs> like, <laughs> we just feel like it's staring at you. The way that you're saying you songs come to you sometimes and similar to the way that Ashton described it is also kind of how I write screenplays. I'll get random scenes at a time and they'll mm-hmm. be like in the middle of a story <laughs> and then I have to figure cool. out what comes before it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. I usually know where it goes, but I I don't always know where it goes. But I I'll get the middle before I get the beginning, and then yeah. I'm like, all right, how would we get there? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, let's backtrack now. Yeah, like let's find a way. You get into them in flash. Then. You like get a flashback uh, of, of the beginning yeah. of the movie. Totally, um, I can do- definitely relate yeah. to that. And I think it also makes it a little more easily accessible as a writer too, or as an as an artist, because then you can find an entrance point anywhere in the song, anywhere in the screenplay, anywhere mm. in the short story. You're not stuck with staring at a blank page going, what's the beginning? Where does it start? Let me find something. Yeah. You yeah. just That's go in and then like wiggle your way around to the... I'm so not that way at all. You like if, right I, if I write a chorus first, not going to happen. Really? Not yeah. ever. Because for some reason, like, because the chorus to me is like the exciting part. Yeah. And then once I have all that excitement, I'm like, well, I can't backtrack and like mm-hmm. get the other... I don't know why. I mean, actually, I might have, I maybe have one song that I wrote chorus first. Um, what one? From My Eyes. It's a new one. It's a really good yeah, song. That's a no, no, that's so a, maybe uh, you shouldn't knock it. It's new. That's a no, new right? song. It's, it's style very uncommon. Like, you, no, I know. If you I listen to all saying. my voice memos, it's like verse straight into the chorus. Mm-hmm. And I have a million that are chorus first. And then I go, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> it's a great chorus. Nothing. But you also do the. Here's a line, and then uh, blah, 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 oh, and then the you filler come back words. in. Yeah, but I think that kind of is the same thing too, where you write the parts that come to you, and then you patch it together. Well, ish, yeah. My filler words are pretty minimal, though. Like it's like an and instead of a but, or right. like a pretty much the general gist comes early on. Well, the chorus, the chorus first theme, I think was started by the Beatles um, originally, so. You know, was that the chorus what? Starting the cor- the chorus the starting a song oh, yeah. off of something that the Beatles that. started, yeah. What was it? The She Loves You? So. Was, that, was that the one? Yeah, I think, I, well, that was one of, I don't know if that was the first, but. It's a good one. That's a good example of Yeah, it starts first. and you're like, I like this. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. but but I think to, your, you know, to what Jamie was just saying, um, you know, I think that you, the songwriting and screenwriting artists in general kind of, you know, their process changes as they get older mm-hmm. mm. and their process changes with each song, you know? Right. So if you close yourself off to the formula, you know, if, if you hold yourself to a, you know, a specific formula or algorithm on every song, then you're yeah. not going to be an interesting songwriter. Yeah. You know, not to say that I've figured it out by any means. I have not. Right. But, um, you know, if you keep your mind open to, experimentation and you know trying new things you'll find yourself i think being interested in you know in, new new stuff that you're i guess doing. that's life in general like it, comfortable is nice but to stay complacent yeah. is very different i guess yeah, yeah totally i mean ask my fiance for instance i mean every time she comes home from work that i've, I've painted something or i've done something <laughs> different to the house where rearranged she's like, the candy bowl i saw that i like this <laughs> but there's just a lot of change <laughs> You know, that was us growing up every yeah. day. So our mom's a painter. You can see all of her yeah, painting, except for that one. I think everything in here I is love her your mom's work. 
growing up, we would come home and we'd open the front door and it'd be like, oh, mom's painting a room again. And it would just be an instant, like our, our walls at our parents' house must be like two inches thick with right, paint. Because she does That's always awesome. a different color. She does fine art. She paints on canvases, but she and a friend of hers had a business for years painting murals like and faux, doing finishes faux finishes and in stuff. people's homes. So for quite a while, just a blank wall was her whole canvas. Mm. So you would open the door to her house and get hit with the smell of yeah of wet paint and our father's a general contractor so i've always joked to people that the smell of sawdust and paint just smells like home to me i'm like yeah yeah it's they pretty much other are like a movie set our house was like a movie set i'm like i'm so game you just come in you're like great what changed today which <laughs> yeah. room is it what our, am I our dining into? room i think this was my favorite thing not my favorite thing she's painted but she was doing this like landscape of ireland on a yeah. wall i hate it but i really like that one house i painted so she took plywood or something i don't know no, some sort of it wasn't plywood but wood, wood yeah made a frame around the house that she painted and then painted the rest and she was like now it just looks like i'm hanging a painting on the wall <laughs> so it was like i'm just gonna it's still keep there part. it's still there like the rest of the wall is like a brick red yeah. and then it's just <laughs> it's the gallagher homestead it was the old gallagher home in ireland oh, i never knew there that. was a photo you're irish too you guys met yeah. on st patrick's day or we the did. parade day st patrick's day I knew yeah. that. Well, real quick, before we move on, shout out to Yeah, he said, I was expecting you to say some kind of like Irish version of like Christian Mingle. And I was like, what's the Irish dating website? I didn't know I'm about in. this. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, shout out Joan Gallagher. Yeah. What's yeah, her yeah. Instagram? She's got a million. Joan Gallagher Art and Joan Gallagher Photography. photography. Yeah, are the Check it out, guys. Ones. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was so nice. Tell us about how you met. That's fun. I want to know. I want to know again. I like it because when Amanda tells the story. It's fun yeah, for we two can have, we can have a guest. You want to grab a here. mic, Amanda? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I ever tell a story like efficiently. Because mm. like I always go in. I'm I always. Only, yeah. I'm only um, like eloquent and concise when I have a backspace key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I'm just talking it, it talks exactly. in circles. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. But before that, this happened. And Rewind. Then, and yeah. <laughs> so let me try my best here. Okay. Um, Amanda and I were both at the Irish pub at 20th and Walnut um, on St. Patrick's Day three years ago. And for anyone who's familiar with the Irish pub in Rittenhouse, there is a, a slightly elevated area that once you get to that area, right behind it is the bathrooms. And Amanda was walking up with about four girlfriends leading the way oh, to get to the okay. bridge. So and pack f- of women. Right. My friends, my brothers, Brian and Ian, Danny might even have been there. Um, and a bunch of our friends were standing right there. And the first person Amanda came to with her group of girls was me. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> and, you know, I was, of course, not dating anyone at the time. And, you know, I was trying to be as charming as possible because <laughs> Amanda is Cause, well, yeah. very pretty. And uh, I said something along the lines of, of course, you can pass through this, but in order to pass, you must know the password. Ooh. <laughs> Did you have in mind what you were hoping the password she was going to come no, up with was? No, okay. I, I had no you idea. I was just it, trying, just, just a quick one-liner. Right. Yep. Just, you know, just to see what kind of mood she was in. You know, mm. you find out pretty quick <laughs> with women at a bar that, you know. Yeah, you're gonna, they either are disgusted or oh, they're yeah. like, ooh, this is fun. Or they won't even look at you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, no big deal. So she, you know, smiled, laughed, whatever happened after that. I kind of, you know, I kind of just, it just fogged over after that. But yeah. as her group of girls 
like went past me completely, I just felt somebody tapping my shoulder. Oh. And it was Amanda. And I hear this noise. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, she had a lot more to drink than I did. Um, and I thought that was just hilarious. And, you know, she she thought that like, was just like the coolest move ever. When did you go back ever. to middle school? Like, right. That's why I like when I hear it from Amanda too, is because she reenacts the licking of the finger. Oh yeah, she goes and the to, extinguish, right. extinguishing. Right. Right. So your you shoulder. didn't see the licking of the finger. You just felt the right, like just, the burn of the. Finger. I just I just felt the the actual <laughs> finger on my shoulder. So I naturally turned. And that's when I heard oh, it like that's the so good. <laughs> and then what happened? Like, did you say something? Well, so right after that, I think that's as you know, far as I ever got. She obviously had to go to the bathroom, so like some moments <laughs> right. passed. But then when we and finally then- started talking again, <laughs> I was coincidentally going to be in Atlantic City that weekend with the band. Oh, right. It was our first time playing in NAC, and Amanda was also going to be there with her friends for her birthday. That is like her birthday mind just after St. Patrick's. That's yeah. weird, right? Yeah, that's like so a, that's right. one of those. So that fake coincidence things. is you know certainly a pretty cool deal. Um, so good. So you know, fast forward. Two and a half years later, I proposed at Irish Pub. At the Irish Pub yeah. on the bridge where we oh, met. I didn't. I didn't get that at the time. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. If you would like to use it, you <laughs> yes. know, man, I don't I think there's it. any royalties on that. All right, we're gonna play a segment called Just Instincts. <laughs> okay, so if anyone's just tuning in, this is essentially <clears throat> this or that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you guys always call it two things. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, like she gets mad at me every time. Kay. Trey, you started off. We know the answer to the first one. Yeah, but but Kay. all of our listeners do not. Of which there are many. They don't Bandit. know. Bandit. They might not know. <laughs> They've probably caught on by now. Okay, go ahead. Uh, baseball or football? Football. French fries or potato chips? Potato chips. Ooh. Whiskey or beer? Whiskey. You flipped them. I did. I didn't like it that way. Uh, ooh, 80s or 90s? Mmm, 80s. Soup or salad? Salad. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Ooh, Jimmy Kimmel. Mmm. Uh, city or beach? Beach. Carpet or hardwood? Hardwood. Yeah, that's fair. I like, you looked at me like that no, was a dumb all of question. A sudden, he answered it like it wasn't. See, when I first read it, I thought everyone's going to say hardwood. And then I thought, well, if you're recording, carpet might be better. There are so a lot then of I got confused. Like carpet because Our it's like cozy, it's warm, it'll wood. like yeah. it'll like stifle a step. Cash loves carpet. I, Cash won't slip. Don't on get it. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love beautiful stained natural hardwood. Yeah. Yeah. But a throw rug is nice. Also needs to be there on so. the hardwood. Yeah. Correct. I agree. But you can't have. A We've throw been rug talking about getting a rug in here for a while, but I, it's so I eclectic. Like a good like combo. Yeah, Parisian rug. Yeah, like a Persian. Parisian? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the Parisians might have nice rugs. They probably I do. Checked. Your turn. Boy Meets World or The Wonder Years? Mm, that's yeah. a really hard it's one. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a heavy hitter right because, there. Because, you know, one of my Two favorite brothers. songs. What yeah, I'm hitting would the you do if I sang That's a Joe Cochran one, right? Yeah. yeah but of one. course, we grew up on Cocker? Boy Meets World. Isn't that his name? Cocker? Joe Cocker, yeah. Not Cochran. Cochran. Do I know no, Joe no, Cochran? Joe Cocker. I know. No, Jamie I said, said Cochran. Joe Cochran. I knew, no, yeah, I knew yeah. somebody Cochran, but I don't know if I know a Joe. Um, anyway. Yeah, I guess if I have to answer one, I would go with. Um, That's not nice. Tracy came up with that question. It's not nice. If I had to go with one, it would be uh, what's a uh, 
not Boy Meets, Meets World. World. The other one, the Wonder, Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's actually um, if I, my correct answer is Wonder Years because it's like my first introduction to TV. Honestly. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. I so as Fred a kid, Savage didn't wins. love Wonder Years because I was afraid of uh, the dad. Yes, oh. real character. Which you're supposed to be. Yeah, definitely. It gives uh, me a lot of nostalgic, like weird yeah. feelings now when I watch it. I'm like, that. Oh. And you guys remember that story, um, Princess Bride? Yeah, the movie, the movie Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Fred Savage is in it. Fred Savage, yeah. Yeah. Final trust your instinct question: Kelly Kapowski or Wendy Peppercorn? Wendy Peppercorn is from one Sandlot. Sandlot. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, there is a Wendy in Wonder Years. <laughs> Winnie. 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 Wow, Winnie. I'm just fucking up all over. <laughs> um, hmm. Wendy's the the um lifeguard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go Wendy. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Ice cream truck is in a car accident. Everybody's safe. Do you take all the ice cream? Do you loot or do you run away? Oh, yeah. I'm taking the ice cream. Okay, 100%. great. 100%. It's my favorite food. What on the ice cream truck is your favorite item? Um, thank you. Well, it depends on how much sun, direct sun, the ice cream has taken because mm. a choco taco yes. can still be enjoyed. <laughs> yes. But and not on a crash ice cream truck, just in general. What's your favorite? What- I think okay. I, I'm pretty standard nutty buddy. Nutty buddy. Yeah, which okay. is, you know, the. You know the cone, the, the waffle cone yeah. with the. So would you take, like on a Mr. Softy truck, would you take so- the hard ice cream, like the bar over the soft ice cream? If an ice cream truck has legit soft ice cream, mm-hmm. I'll do a scoop of soft ice cream over yeah. a choco taco. Okay, fair. And then what kind of candy would you get? You know how they all have like ring pops and airheads mm. and candy cigarettes. Great question. Yeah. Candy cigarettes all the way. Tracy. I'm a big gummy bear guy. Ooh. Uh, or gummy, gummy worms. Bear. Or anything sour, like Sour Patch Kids uh, yeah, would be yeah. good. Sour Patch Watermelons are good, too. Have you ever had a slightly melted gummy bear? It's mm. weird. So we went through this phase. I think it's your fault. Tracy one day was like, we're going to... I don't know I don't know how you came up with this or if someone showed Shannon it to you. Shannon Stock. Boom. Shannon Stock. That's a name I haven't heard in Shannon decades. Stock. Um, it actually might have been class. over a decade. Mm. But uh, she recommended microwaving gummy bears. Not for too Whoa. long, because if you do it for like a really long time, it's just mush. But just long enough that they're like stringy. Oh my Like a God. warm melted gummy bear. Mm, that would be Life really good. Very good. It kind of messes up the plates. So you have to like be really careful. It's a pain yeah. in the ass to clean. Highly recommend. <laughs> Our mother was probably like, God, you just need it. like a scraper. Yeah. Do you have any advice for other people who are artists but afraid to create? Um, I think my advice to be, my advice out there for an artist who is worried about judgment on their material is that everyone can relate. We were all created with very unique characteristics, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, there's an audience for everyone out there. So let your freak flag fly. Do you have any interest in playing a song for us? Oh, I'd love to. Okay, cool. All right, so Brendan is kind enough to share one of his original songs with us. This one is called Big Things. Efforts, 
Thank you so much for that. Man, I feel like we all need that song right now in our lives. Uh, and your Thanks. your music is the puppy whisperer, apparently. He was like 
completely silent and still the entire time. Um, cool. Unrelated. But thank you so much for playing that for us. It's beautiful. Is there... Um, can people get that song? Can people download it? Is it... Is it uh, um, yep, they got to come to your shows? The, or? They can get the song by Ooh. listening to the Artist High podcast. Oh, yeah. You heard it's it here, folks. Completely unreleased. You can continue hearing solo it here. tune that... Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully, put together with Stella Ruse one day. Beautiful. Thank you Thanks. for um, performing it. Thank you for writing it. Thanks for bringing it to all of our ears. We'll have that on My repeat. My pleasure. Over and over. Do you want to do one with me? What's that? Do you want to play one? Sing one with me. Yeah, let's do it. This is uh, somebody told me. Great abyss, I dare you to enter. If this occurs, let me know I won't be slow, I'll get all your answers. I warn you now, it's your own risk, these voyages do tend to make one spin. Some moldy clocks in the grand old time Lies within the frozen crystal box Somebody told me 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 But only if you find what gives you some relief Don't look to me to find regrets I died some threats I know what it is that makes you fret To disappear is truly bliss But every bit of it will surely make you wish we fit Take your tokes and eat your oats I'll devote these notes to those that find it harder To make it home Somebody told me 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 said it would be you'd think it'd be different but there's things that lie beneath the surface things that are given to Somebody told me, somebody 
Thank you. Nice, Jamie. Thank you, thank you. Oh, thank thanks, you. Thanks. Brennan, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to get to hang out with you. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Keep it going. Um, I'm a fan. Definitely check out Stella Ruse if you're listening. Brendan will be yes. sure to include, you know, Stella's information and then your information, whatever you would like yes, us please, to. Yes, please, everyone, please check out Stella Ruse on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, yeah, um, Stella Ruse underscore. Yeah, spell Stella Ruse for Stella those Stella Ruse. Stella like the beer. Ruse is R-U-Z-E. Thank you. Okay, so uh, tell us where people can come see you live. So everyone, please come check us out. Um, not this Friday, next Friday, November 16th. At the Field House, Stella Ruse co-headlining with Pete Francis of Dispatch. Ooh. It's going to be a great show. Tickets are $10. You can find them on our website, StellaRuse.com. Can't beat it. Or Pete Francis, uh, the DragonCrestCollective.com. Yeah, that's a bargain. Yeah, $10. They got fried pickles, good drinks, and killer music. I mean, life doesn't get much better. Oh, it's a good night. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to... Uh, Hang out with you and, you know, have you serenade us. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's been awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. A uh, special thank you to Bandit for not sponsoring us because yeah. we didn't drink your wine tonight. Thanks a lot. Would have. No, uh, okay, first We of bought all, it. We bought it. It's it's waiting for our current bottle. Bottle. Who are we kidding? Our current box to run out. We bought two Bandits today. Merlot. We're still waiting on the rosé. I would have anyway. bought more if you sponsored me. Thank you for listening. We will see you next hump day. No, we won't. We will, you'll hear from us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.